first scoreboard, the old firm through the decades. The old firm through the decades arrives in the 1970s. I'm Hugh Keevans. In this decade, Celtic won the first ever nine in a row, but lost the European final. Rangers won a European final in Barcelona But finished third in the domestic league that same season Now that's what you call a high level of competition Super Scoreboard The old firm through the decades You touched on something earlier Peter About the size of the crowd um, At the time when you were going towards Barcelona And the winning of the European Cup Winners' Cup uh, People voting with their feet Rangers fans today wouldn't believe the crowd could be that small But you were in the midst of Celtic's historic run That's correct That's correct And, and near, near a few years back there When, when Rangers was demoted down to uh, The third division And the crowds were fantastic mm. Amazing You think The clubs went down to its lower ebb And still saying Still filling 50,000 people into the stadium Which is amazing But then back in these days uh, I don't know whether there's more money about the but people can afford to go to the games now But maybe then they, they didn't have the same amount of money But uh, a lot of people gave up a lot of things Just to travel to Barcelona The people, as, as I said earlier the, I mean, if, the crowds weren't big if you weren't doing well Oh, People dedicate their lives to these two clubs, don't they? That's correct, yeah there is. I mean, some people it's just a way of life for them It's a way of life It's more than just a hobby, it's a way of life And that's, that's why they take it so hard If you lose an old firm game Definitely. Was it handy to live in Girvan then? <laughs> oh, it had its moments. It had its, no, no question that. The thing about you jumped in the car and you, you're driving 55 miles down the road. Uh, you were kind of out that wee bit. Uh, to, but there still was the same. Those groups of supporters, they're just the same. But not the same intensity as there being Glasgow. Obviously, David lived up in this area. He, he could tell you better. But um, I probably wasn't subjected to the same degree of uh, oh. no say abuse. As you would get if you lost a game Peter talks about uh, the size of the crowds It's a historical fact That by the time Celtic completed Nine in a row In the mid-70s The home attendance had started to drop People actually found it all a bit Samey, it became a bore But I think the other reason why The numbers were great There wasn't season tickets in those days mm. So people buy their season And they'll still still got the expense of doing that and they still got to spend the money travelling to games and that so there's an aspect where you've got the ticket and you still go regardless and maybe in those days if Rangers weren't doing well the league they weren't turning up and maybe couldn't afford it same with the Celtic fans maybe they got a bit they look more forward to European games or cup finals and did certain, certain league games uh. <laughs> the Rangers Celtic game would always be yeah, full right enough you're saying there right Davies I mean if you take their when Rangers were demoted down the divisions, I mean Celtic, maybe they sell, maybe they sold forty thousand season tickets, but there wasn't forty thousand going to the games. I mean you could see the, especially European nights. I mean the oh. top tiers are sometimes we aren't even opening them, oh. and they missed Rangers. Although, they'll maybe not admit it, but I think they miss Rangers. I think you need that rivalry. Oh, of course, yeah. I mean it's been the central plank to Scottish football since eighteen eighty eight. No, and Celtic come into being, Rangers having already been formed in 1873. To be honest, the football rivals get some other aspects, it maybe not not so good, you know, the sectarian side of it and that. I always felt at the time when Rangers and Motor, I, I thought it was a, 
a bit unfair to be honest to go down so low. Some, I think some people took the line. I don't think particularly Celtic did. I think it was a hard punishment for Rangers. But they've it took them time, but they've come through it. It was probably maybe a bit self-inflicted to be honest. But yeah, I, I thought the punishment was a bit harsh. I've got to be honest with you. And the, and you've got to say it. Not only were they miss with Celtic, they were miss with Scottish football. Mm. You know, you were getting they were taking people to smaller grounds there. It'll never happen again. The term old firm was coined because they were both good for business for each other. I believe so. The old firm name came from them trying to cut up things together. <laughs> <laughs> when you went to London, Davy, uh, were you conscious of the fact that the same intensity was not there, or am I wrong in saying that? It was probably there, maybe match days, but life in London, as Peter mentioned there, it's life or death to. To Celtic Rangers fans mm. It's okay Chelsea fans enjoy their club and that But it's maybe not to the extent Out with the, f- the football match The same intensity Such a big city as well London and it's so diverse and that And people go on with other aspects of their life So there's there's no the same intensity Away from the game And you're talking about Celtic Rangers fans Not only just in Scotland And places like Ireland that Worldwide, you'll always find a Celtic Rangers fan. Well, no matter where you go, you right. always find, and you might even find a Celtic Rangers supporters club. You know, you get places, there's a big Rangers club, I think, in Toronto, maybe there's a Celtic. They've got places in America and elsewhere. Where's the, the furthest flung place you've ever been? And somebody's come up and said, Davy. Well, funny, I was invited as a guest, maybe Peter, was about to Hong Kong. There's a Hong Kong site, someone there was a Hong Kong Rangers. I've been to South Africa as a guest there. People were there. So, Bit, probably going to North Pole you'll find a pole of beer up there <laughs> <laughs> you know, no they're everywhere because it's it's been handed down that, that's the strength of Celtic and Rangers each family hand, hands down the mantle of supporting their particular team and that'll carry on forever being a motherwell man Peter what was your first introduction to all of the the Rangers and Celtic madness well I always remember the, the fact that at Motherwell um the goalkeeper's jersey was green, uh-huh. and of course when we played Celtic, it had to be changed, and the, the change strip was was blue, and I put it on. Well, I was throwing things at me, and <laughs> all the stuff that was coming at me. I'm thinking, what's this all about? And then you realise that they actually they don't like the colour blue or they don't like the colour green. So it was either way you, you got it. Um, we, and that, when I just joined Mother, we, we, we won the Summer Cup, the old Summer Cup in, in 65, and uh, we went went after uh, that um, in Celtic. Celtic had then won the... We both clubs went in the same flight over to Isle of Man and played a friendly. Yeah. And uh, it was a one-each game, so... Uh, there must have been a fair bit of banter on that plane, I'm thinking. Oh, we, well, in the days, I'm not saying there was a few nutters in the game, but there was a few guys <laughs> who could tell you great stories. And they were the old, the old school, so uh, it was a uh, it was good fun. And one of the guys in the plane was uh, the big uh, the big boxer John Cowboy McCormick, yeah. a Celtic fan. So yeah, all these guys followed the clubs. It was it was great great time then. As I've said, when Celtic won nine in a row uh, in the mid seventies, their home crowd had started to drop, but they had an historic achievement. When Rangers then won nine in a row under Walter Smith. Uh, yep, celebrations were lavish, but I don't think that anything compares to what's going on now. Celtic on nine, hoping to get ten, 
Rangers hoping to stop Tim would you like to be a Celtic or a Rangers player now going through this season Davy? Oh I think you would be a visit Celtic you'd be looking forward to strive to make it 10 or all the same way that under Vim Janssen Celtic stopped Rangers getting 10 or all yeah and uh, I left in 74 and never won the league the next season you, you know <laughs> so, but no I, I think it's the strongest will win it Hugh mm. you know what I mean the strongest will win it it'll come down to obviously get a bit of consistency for example Rangers the last two seasons I would have said after they beat Celtic, Celtic Park they were going to some out of challenge but they seem to have lost games they shouldn't have done particularly mm. at home and that's happened twice now I'm sure Stephen Gerrard is well aware of that and he'll want to maintain it throughout the season because they, they exerted no pressure on Rangers after after the break. It was a mystery, big mystery, mm-hmm. because they were doing okay. Uh, we're doing, they were doing okay in the, in the, in the League Cup final, which oh, they, they should have won. Yeah. It was only Cycle having a bad day in front of goal, and uh, the goalkeeper had an exceptional day that uh, Rangers should have won that game. Uh, there was a lot of bad misses that day. But uh, then they went, and you know, it was an even game at Parkhead, and then maybe they just they pinched it 2 1. So they put us on the driving seat. But then have they have a two week shutdown and come back and I mean I know there's a lot of speculation about Morelis but uh, he never turned up for the oh. second half of the uh, season. I don't know what seemed to affect him. He got two sending offs just before the, the shutdown and of course he wasn't he wasn't available for the first games back and he was playing very well now a lot of the system was going through him and uh, that particular guy wasn't there in Rangers. I'm not just blaming him but. A lot of the players didn't seem to have the same intensity about their play. I'll ask you, Peter, this question I asked Davey. Would, would you <coughs> like to be a Rangers player today confronted by the task of stopping 10 in a row? Be a player today, I mean, when we check the bank balance, it would be better, that's for <laughs> sure. But uh, it's a challenge, and I think you've got to look at the challenge and say that we're going to be the guy that's going to stop it. And and that, and that's the, that's the the big challenge in front of them is the same as the Celtic boys are wanting to be the first team to win ten. Yeah. Uh, equally, it's uh, the Rangers boys have got to show real determination this year to stop it. You both touched upon the kind of money that can be earned today. Do you regret being born out of your time because both of you would have walked into the Rangers or Celtic team of today? Uh, are there regrets, <coughs> Davy, that uh, you were born into a different era? No, not at all. I, I think he played at the best time as far as football on the, the park mattered. That's how I feel. Uh, I enjoyed it. I wouldn't change it for anything. Uh, I suppose people would say, "Okay, if you get more money," but it wasn't 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 the case. You. Mm. So I look back more to the the memories and to touching the t- telling the role of the challenge for Rangers. Look back the last time and Bim Janssen was in charge. I mentioned this to you earlier here. Yeah. The first two games Celtic lost under mm-hmm. Bim. Henrik sets up Chick Charlie in the first game at Easter Road. People are saying, who's this guy, Larson? <laughs> and Bim then they lost the next game at St Johnson. But I was there early doors before I left to kind of fall out with Celtic in October. But they got together a good group of players because Vim wasn't too aware of maybe what Celtic needed. And they probably maybe relied on me, but you brought in guys like... Reaper. He was instrumental in Henry coming because he had him at Feyenoord and that. He had uh, Lambert and Bur- Burley and others. But so they got together a strong team, a strong will team, and they finally picked Rangers at the end. And I, th- I think, I don't know enough about the players there, but Stephen Gerrard seems to be getting together a stronger squad mm. from Rangers' point of view. I don't know enough about them. 
they, they've started well enough. Uh-huh. I saw the, the Aberdeen game, totally dominated possession. Maybe didn't they create a, a lot of chances. Aberdeen were pretty poor, I've got to be honest. But that, that's usually a tough game up there. I know it's early doors and that. So they've, they've started well. Celtic are a wee bit of blip on a couple of fronts and that. So there's, there's a long way ahead. The difference in time... Uh, strikes me this way Peter that in 1979 you were part of the Rangers side who played Celtic at Celtic Park it's 2 all with 5 minutes to go Colin Jackson has the misfortune of scoring an own goal yeah. and then Murdo McLeod scores another one for Celtic 4-2 and I remember being among the reporters inside the foyer at Celtic Park the Rangers dressing room door opened and the team walked out as a team uh, you know, it must have been a crushing blow for you. Celtic have won the league at your expense, but they come out with terrific dignity and walked out the front door as a team. Yeah, yeah, um, that was a sore one. I can tell you that. But um, I think we lost the league at Motherwell. We lost in Motherwell. I think they get relegated. We lost the Motherwell. The same as when Rangers were going for ten in a row. Um, they lost to Colmarnock at Ibrox. Yeah. And I'm not saying complacency set in, but it certainly did. I mean, that game with Celtic, that game could have went anyway that night, um, a Rangers-Celtic game, but it's other games that, that Rangers tripped up in. Games that you should have won and they didn't. I remember the late Johnny Doyle uh, being sent off yeah, that did, night yeah. and he'd uh, a bit of a set two with Alec McDonald. And I recall you and Alec McDonald, Davey, having your moments on the part. That was always a, a tasty challenge. No, we did the coronavirus elbow before it came into existence, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, think, I think the game changed that night when Johnny Doyle got sent off. Yeah, well, it seemed to. It was at 1-0. I've never, never, saw, I've never seen that game, yeah. you know what I mean? Yeah, I was down at Chelsea, but uh-huh. uh, as Peter says, they walked out. They'd, they'd be hot and walking out that night, mm-hmm. I'm sure. Yeah. But he's, he's maybe right, you know, it possibly happened in other games. Well, that's right. Because you might have got that game no needing that result almost. I, oh. don't, I don't know the mathematics of that and that. But it was Celtic's last game The way oh, it worked it? out Celtic's yeah. last game We had still games to play Because I mean, We were in the quarterfinals Of the European Cup And there was all sorts of Delayed matches And uh, Postponed games To, to uh, pick up and Was and a draw enough That night Peter? No? A draw would have done us right? yeah. I think a draw would have, We had longer won The last oh, two games yeah. After that yeah. The game couldn't be shown On television Davey Because there was a TV strike Yeah uh, can you imagine that happening today? <laughs> <laughs> the yeah, conspiracy I'd, theories. I'd, I'd, oh, that's true. Unlikely. I think they said that about the seven-one game at Hamden in fifty-seven. Yeah, I mean, that was lost in the BBC archives or something. You know what I mean? But uh, you always get conspiracy theories with Celtic Rangers being was, outside of the venture on and but, effects. Yeah, but back then when you two guys played, uh, it, it simply wasn't the same. But off the park, was it the same? Was it? Were you? Did you feel? Safe enough walking about Glasgow. Uh, well, I did. Peter Living Governor, which is definitely quiet on that. Uh, I think what happened is uh, you would always maybe meet somebody that could be offensive. No, not necessarily always the opposition. Sometimes you would have <laughs> maybe not a particular game of a silly fan. But, but on the whole, I, I think they're all decent fans. And even probably nowadays, I'm not playing anymore. You get some maybe Rangers fans saying, ah, you're a good player of Scotland. Never say you're a good player of Celtic. You know? oh. <laughs> <laughs> Never say you're a good player. But So there's a kind of a recognition from the past. But I, I, I never tried to hide when I was out in the streets. Be careful. 
uh, who you might bump into and, and no react to somebody. I know time I might have reacted if somebody says something cheeky and that, but on the whole, people tend to be complimentary. As Peter said when he went from Motherwell to Rangers, the adulation is greater there. Oh, far greater than it is at the provincial clubs. Having straddled the, the era between the Lisbon Lions, the Quality Street Gang, the nine in a row, uh, who among the Celtic players in that period, who was the one that you looked at and thought, here's this is the this is the guy, this is the inspiration? I think it was more a, a team ethos type of thing, you you know, in particular you're, you're talking exceptional players, you're talking mm. Tommy Gemma was going to left by you get Billy McNeil, such a commanding iconic figure for Celtic, Bobby Murdoch and Betty Allen midfield and probably the greatest individual player of them all, me Jimmy, Jimmy uh-huh. Johnson. Then you've got Wally Wallace, David Chalmers, Bobby Lewis. so many of them, so it was more a team ethos type of and thing. And then along came Dalgleish and McGrane. Aye, he and Conley and all yeah. and McCarry and that. So it was, there was good players, the same as it was at Rangers at the time. You know, you only won the Cup Winners Cup because you're, you've got good players. For a Rangers fan at that particular time, Peter, I think everyone looked to John Gregg. Uh, were there others that you, you looked to? Yeah, well, as David just mentioned there, you're talking about the guys, you're often asked as who's the best player you played with. Well, that's an impossible thing to answer because you've got a guy who's very skillful. And then you need the guy who's a good set half, you need the tackler, you need all the things that make up a team. So it's a, it's a difficult one to actually to pinpoint to say who is. But we we played in a, I think that the, the, the 70s team, there was, there was a, and even the Barcelona team, I think it was, Six of that team played over 500 games for Rangers, so wow. we were together for a long time. Yeah. And then when it came to the time when you have to break all that team up, that's when the, that's the, actually what didn't happen. I mean, in the late 70s into the 80s, we didn't take off again, we didn't get the, the replacements in. After 535 appearances for Rangers, when the curtain comes down, how hard is it to adjust to a normal life, or was it easy in your case? I think the first, the first season. Is the season you really, really, really miss it? Uh, the camaraderie, the dressing room patter. When I finished, I was I was kept on at Ibrox as uh, the goalkeeping coach for for, for two seasons. There, um, and my contract was up. Uh, Graham and I decided to part company, <laughs> <laughs> as you do sometimes. That's life. Not everybody gets on in football, um, but uh, that was a hard bit. I enjoyed the goalkeeping bit. I enjoyed in the working way. With Chris Woods and uh, I got a nice phone call from Bobby Robson to thank me for the work I was doing because he'd be a bit worried about getting up to Rangers. Yeah. Um, but uh, that was nice of me to do that. Do you prefer to play golf now or watch football? Um, my golf's so bad, you know, <laughs> I think I might even <laughs> suffer watching the, the games. But uh, golf was a hobby for me. Oh. I mean, it was a kind of relaxation away for, away for the game and that. When you were finished and you go home in the afternoon, I might be going to play a few holes, and that's what uh, that's what people always say to you. You like your golf? I did like my golf, but I was played off free handicap for ten years or something like that. But um, I couldn't do it now. <laughs> David, you're unique. You won the league with Celtic as a player, and you won the league with Celtic as the manager. Uh, is it better as a player or better as the manager? I think there's a different feeling. There's probably more pressure on you as the manager. So, one one aspect you think that's possibly the better achievement of the two, but not really. I think one of the two as a player, it, it's comparable, Hugh. Interesting thing you're talking about, uh, what 
Peter did so after football, not after and I was I stayed in football with different jobs. One of the times I was out of football, I went to a company called Confederation Life. They were a sort of insurance investment company. Uh, it was under a, a chap called John Graham, great lad and that. Both Peter and myself worked there. I only worked there for a brief period because another job, a job I worked from up in Norway, believe it or not. Uh-huh. So I would say for about two or three months, Peter, we worked together in the offices with the yeah, we did, I, you know, so kept asking what we're doing here. <laughs> exactly. <I. laughs> two two pen pushers. Well, briefly, I'm not saying it was very good. I was glad the job in Norway came up, to be honest. And I don't know how long Peter stayed there for, but John Graham was a great lad. Well, I was, I was doing, see, I was doing like in the mornings, I was doing sometimes doing the hard goalkeepers a couple of mornings a week mm. and, and moving about a few clubs. And uh, unfortunately, that insurance job, they wanted me to move up into the office and I had to stop the coaching. Yeah. Uh, I maybe wish I hadn't done that, but these things you don't look at the time. When you're used to the roar of the crowd, whether it's a hundred thousand plus or not, to work in an office, I'm trying to imagine you two working in an office. I suppose it needs be if you go to do something. You know, I mean, that, that, that was the case of it. Well, the thing about it, I got a call from them just after I appeared in newspapers. I had left Rangers and they asked me in. And I thought, well, listen, let's do something until something else comes on, rather than do nothing. And that lasted six years at it, David. So. You were there only maybe about a year, were you there? Maybe no, even uh, that huge. To I, I was a bit. I lasted about six years at it. Uh, didn't really enjoy it, but uh, as you say, needs must. Yeah. You got to, you got to go and earn your money. Yeah. You played for Motherwell, of course, Peter. Uh, but you will forever be Peter McCoy of Rangers. Does do you understand that? And does yeah, that yeah, sit so well it, with you? Yeah, it does. And, and 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 the thing about it is, I mean, I know you you quote the number five hundred odd games there and. I counted two games I played 644 and uh, I was shown there on the record books there and there was 247 shutouts so that's not a bad record huh? considering the number of times you got a bit of abuse so <laughs> <laughs> so yeah very proud of it very proud of it were you, a, were you a man for keeping records did you know exactly how you'd done no no they used to have a book of eyebrows I kept it you know we Joe Craven used to keep it when he was still alive Joe, and then things moved on when he, obviously when Graham came in with Walter, things all moved. Uh, a lot of things for the better. I mean, they, they improved the club. They brought players from England, the Terry Butchers and the, this world, and they found the Scottish game so intense compared to what they were using in England, and oh. these guys were England internationals. We've got that beautiful uh, place out at Mulgay now, Rangers, um, the academy there and the facilities, top class, cost millions of pounds to put together. What was your first training session and where was it? Well, it'd be over in the Albion, you know, on the training ground and people hang over the flats watching everything and a bad pitch, uh, the ball's not even great and when you see them now and I'll get my first tour of then Murray Park and and I walk in and I see they've got all the deluxe shower gel and everything I'm thinking, my goodness, we'd a, a bar of carbolic salt that was cut <laughs> with a bit of knife and <laughs> throw you a bit. So they're really well looked after and... and they're well paid in the, I mean I know the players uh, there's one or two step out of line but they're silly silly boys I mean what a chance to make money and the, the facilities are out to training the game's so much changed I don't think you can compare errors I think it's the hardest thing to do to compare errors because everything's different the pitches now are so much better oh. the ball's different footwear everything training facilities diet everything's so much better and uh, they're, they're silly if they lose that Likewise, Davey, you mentioned Barrafield, which uh, 
if today's Celtic supporter got a close look at Barrafield, the place where the Lisbon Lions used to train, they wouldn't believe it when they look at Lennox Town now, a, mm. another multi-million pound facility. That's true. Well, old, ba- old Barrafield before the it's still there in existence for the youth teams and that, but there was an embankment. I would say come October there was no grass. Have you looked at some old faces of a big jock taking training? It's just like clay. I mean, there was never an issue made about the pitches. Used to always say, I hope it rains a bit because it would soften yeah. up a bit. Yeah, I think I'd like to compliment Peter on a wee bit and it's f- forgotten about. He could launch some balls for the back. And then, okay, people might call it direct, but it was effective. Uh-huh. They actually scored a goal at that, I think, Colmstein in the Cup Winners Cup final from your right, kicking, yeah. Peter. Yeah. So, and I remember I was <coughs> manager of Celtic and we lost the, I think, the League Cup final 3 2, I think. And they. Uh, Causing us all sorts of troubles, we weren't dealing with it, too. and it wasn't it. At some time, the second balls lead to a threat, and their balls were heavy on those days, Peter. Yeah, but yeah. Peter could launch it from one box to the oh. next, maybe not all the time. The height of the ball, that it used to yeah. go for the height because aye, aye. it let, allowed the centre forward to go underneath the centre half, yeah, so and, you could have three. So, yeah, and it would cause the centre defenders quite a few goals over, no, over did. the years. So, the last question then, if you had your time over again, would you change anything? No, I can't help when you were born. I, I enjoyed my time. I enjoyed played for Rangers all these years, and uh, I certainly, uh, I certainly, the only thing I would uh, would change it would be make us all richer. <laughs> <laughs> but no, I wouldn't change it. I thoroughly well, enjoyed it. You see, David Hay didn't have a mobile phone back then, but he's got one now. <laughs> I should have switched it off. Apologies. Would you? Would you change anything, David? No, I, I enjoyed uh, playing football at that particular time. Peter's right. You're, you're born when you're born. And it is difficult to compare errors. Yeah. Life's to, life itself has changed from the 70s to now. Not no just football and that. And sometimes people might say, I've oh, cut old fogies, what do they know about it and that? But no, I felt we played at a time when football was football. Well, from one old fogey to a couple of old fogies, I'm indebted to you for your time and for your memories. David Hay, Peter McCloy, and next we'll go on to the old firm in the 80s. On Super Scoreboard, the old firm through the decades. There were riots, there were court appearances, there was the arrival of Graham Souness. And then at the 1989 Cup final, sitting among the Celtic fans, there was Mo Johnson who had posed in a Celtic strip and was apparently going to rejoin Celtic. I don't care who we lose at me, see if you win the assignment for us, you can't lose at me Rangers. After training you always worried about what would happen if something had happened to Morris. I'd have given the world to sign for us. 